This is an ABC podcast. Christian is a little bit like a Jack Russell Terrier who likes to snap at your heels. It is expected that every team principal is going to fight for the benefit of his own team. But whining in the press is something that I have seen on a new level this year. This weekend, the fifth season of Drive to Survive drops. And I reckon there's just as much anticipation for that as there is for the actual F1 season. The golfing equivalent, Full Swing, is building a similarly feverish following. If you scroll through streaming services right now, you'll see there's a lot of sports docos around. Tennis, surfing, Premier League football, test cricket, rugby league, heck, even AFL player managers have one. Yet for every last dance or drive to survive or full swing phenom, there are many more that don't quite make their mark. So what's the secret recipe? How do the creators of these shows get huge stars to let down their guard? Are we at saturation point? Or is this the start of a sustained boom? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Warren Smith is the head of sport and factual for Box to Box Films. They're the team that gave us Formula One's drive to survive. Surfing's make or break, golf's full swing, and the tennis series Breakpoint, among others. Right now, it feels like they really own this sport doco space. Warren, when you're putting together a sport documentary series, what are the ingredients that you're looking for if you're trying to tell a great story? I think the first thing is the characters. You know, it's not going into those those sports or those worlds, you know, with preconceived ideas of what the stories may be. I think sometimes when we make these, these sports documentaries, we look for people to work on the team that actually aren't nuts of golf or, or you know, a Formula One, because then they're looking and we are looking for the real story. How can we sort of really capture the narratives in the best way? And I think sometimes we look at it from that perspective of not being led by, you know, any headlines that have come before and trying to uncover the narratives ourselves. It is the, is the first, you know, point of, of call for box to box. I think some of the best sports documentaries and documentaries in general are the ones that can convince their talent to be honest about their vulnerabilities. I mean, if, if I think of one outside the box-to-box stable, The Last Dance, a, a classic of the genre, Michael Jordan was so good at being vulnerable and it engendered a greater connection with his audience. I'm sure you guys know that. How do you get your talent to understand that? Look, I think I think all of these shows, you know, Last Dance is one of those, but, you know, they're the human stories. That's what people are interested with. You know, they can watch sports stories live. We're trying to sort of just tell, as you say, the most honest and at times vulnerable stories. I mean, we want humour. We also want sort of emotion. And the longer it was lasting, the more I started to believe that he he was dead. From our perspective, we want those sports stars initially to watch it back in a year's time when it goes out on you know, on Netflix or Apple or one of those platforms and say, you know what, that was exactly what it was like. You know, that's what it was like for me as as a golfer or or a surfer. That's what I felt. You know, it's one that that I feel like I let slip away, but, you know, there'll, there'll be other opportunities. I mean, we're not there to sort of try and, you know, manipulate the realities in, in, as, it, as it were. So I think if we can do that first, then we're going to bring the fans to the shows because essentially it will mean that, you know, not just people that are interested in sports will, will come to it. Those that are interested in just human stories are going to watch. It's clear that there's no shortage of appetite from sporting organisations to be involved with business with you guys, such as the success of the products that you, you're creating. How many sporting organisations have you knocked back and, and why do you generally say no in those cases? What we have to feel is, is that we can do something and we can elevate something in our sport. I think when we looked at golf, you know, it was interesting because no one had ever been into that world. Maybe Tiger had had 
a little sort of, you know, more of an archive based thing. So from my perspective, I thought, you know what, this is interesting to, you know, there's a preconception of what a golf tournament is, what golf players are like. But actually, you know, when you dig in there and you get on the ground, you realise that actually they're not all country club kids or, you know, people that sort of have the money for private memberships. You know, they're actually some of them have ground their way in there. And I think we were excited to tell that that narrative. It's not like I don't try and I don't practice, but someone's got to be the 70th best golfer in the world. Might as well be me. So, look, in terms of knocking people back and whatever, I mean, we're always interested to have conversations. And you, know, you look at something like surf, I think. You know, the, that world probably isn't one of the biggest sports on the, in the global space in sport. But actually, we were really, well, you know, Paul in particular, Paul Martin, who's the sort of founder, he was really intrigued in that world and thought that there's something there that we can do and elevate. And hopefully we're, we're doing that with, with Make or Break on Apple. So if elevation is the sell point for you guys getting into business with a sport, what is it that turns you off? I think what turns us off is, is basically you know, a preconceived idea of we all know what you want to do and you want to catch us out and all of those types of things. And I think we need a sport to, to buy into it. I think the PGA Tour has been a brilliant partner in terms of, you know, we had this live golf situation and at no point did they try and put the blocks on that. You know, at no point did they say, you know what, this is a PGA Tour focus series. Don't go and shoot anything with the with the other guys. And I think as long as we, we can have conversations with the organisations and explain you know what, this is happening. <laughs> you know, if you whitewash this, the, the viewer's going to know. The, you know, viewers aren't silly. They want to, you know, be able to make their own opinions up. You know, if someone's trying to manage the access or, or essentially block us from certain things, I mean, that would be difficult. But luckily for us, I think the partners that we've got in all the sports spaces understand, you know, that what Box to Box and what James and Paul did on Drive to Survive initially has benefited that sport. So they understand that there's a level of trust yeah, it's really interesting you talk about the benefits a sport like Formula One or, or motor racing has had as a consequence of this sort of, I guess, endeavour. And I think we've seen an elevation or an evolution of the way the sport is consumed. I mean, I've been at barbecues and people will say to me, don't tell me about the F1 race overnight. No spoilers here. I'm still waiting for the next season. Is that something that you were aware of and that organisations are aware of that is going to sort of change the way these sports are consumed? And is everyone comfortable with it? Look, I don't know what the organisations think. I mean, I'm sure they can see the benefits for their sport that Formula One have sort of had for themselves. But, you know, we're not essentially getting any of that benefit ourselves. We just want to make the best programmes uh, for the widest audience. And, you know, we just want to make things that we like watching. You know, I meet producers and directors and I say, you know what, we're really not making the shows about the sport. You know, that's for the live guys. We're making the shows about the people within the sport. And, you know, if you like telling stories about people, it doesn't matter if they're doctors, military or sports stars, you know, it's just about finding that human narrative. And I think that's what drives it from us rather than sort of, you know, the elevation on a business side. I'm Lewis Hamilton and uh, I race for Mercedes-Benz. People probably don't, won't know that I grew up like on my dad's couch. So we didn't have any money. I, I remember the struggle. I remember how hard it was for my mum the multiple jobs she had to keep a roof over mine and my two sisters' uh, heads. I remember how it was for my dad to keep me racing. I think a lot of people who consume your product are interested in how you manage to get these massive names involved because the classic dichotomy in media, I think, is how much does each party need each other? If you're a multi-million dollar athlete, 
who's already globally famous, already considered, you know, super cool. What's the motivating factor for them to be involved? And it could be, I suppose, elevation of the sport, but beyond that, because I don't know how altruistic all of these people can be. Is it simply that we're living in an era of cool and you guys are purveyors of that? You can give them, you can help them with that sort of relevance and and cachet? I think that every single sport's slightly different. Some are team-led, some are sort of individual sports. I think a lot of the younger athletes, and I call them athletes across the board, you know, they've grown up in a world where they've had their phone at their hand and they can see sort of the, the videos on social media. And maybe that sort of allows them to be open and honest about the personal lives a little bit more than they, maybe they would be if it was 10, 20 years ago. There's nothing that beats people looking over the shoulder and seeing someone else. You know, when you see a Kelly Slater doing something in surf world and you're, you know, one of the other surfers, you're thinking, well, if Kelly's doing that, then why would I not? What got me to where I am, what got me the world titles and all the contest stuff has been like really like an, an obsession. But being obsessive about anything probably doesn't balance the scales very well. You know, Rory McIlroy was a, you know, a prime example there. You know, he had decided a bit like Lewis Hamilton to not join the first season. But I think sort of later in the year, he realized that, you know, our teams had been around him, been around the golf courses, been around his friends and realized that we were we weren't bad and, and the teams were, were doing a good job. So he lent into it and we were then able to make that sort of final episode on full swing, which, you know, is a, is a brilliant you know moment in time for, for Rory's career. And I think sometimes these athletes want moments captured. You know, they want to know what it was like and for their for their fans to see what it was like for them personally, not just what you know, the live broadcast will will show. Full Swing's obviously been wildly successful. It's it's relatively new to the market. Cameron Smith, from an Australian perspective, is a character of great interest down under. Is his story one that you would be eager to look at further in future seasons? And how do you feel that he was depicted in that first season? We we started off in that first season and we had a cast of, of golfers. Obviously, everybody had an opportunity to to fully lean in, you know, Cam initially didn't want to for season one. I mean, obviously he was on the show, but in terms of sit down for an interview, but look, we're open for 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 all sort of people, the sports stars will be there at the majors this year. And if Cam's there, you know, obviously it'll be great to sort of, you know, understand his story and his sort of reasoning for, for everything. But, you know, he's a brilliant golfer. And I think in that Rory episode that I just mentioned, you know, you see that, you know, the way he came from behind to win the Open and he was always there and thereabouts. You know, this story that we sort of depicted in season one isn't going away. But, you know, as we go into this next year, there's a lot of other stuff going on in that world in terms of, you know, big sporting events that these players are going towards. So, you know, we tried to sort of be as honest as, as possible and obviously give everybody opportunity to sort of have their say. And we depicted him in the right way in terms of he won the Open and he, and he celebrated. And, you know, we were there to capture that probably one of his best moments of his life. And hopefully he he watches that show and, and understands that, you know, that's, that's a great moment in time captured. Drinking out of the claret jar is, uh, is a great moment in the series. Just finally, I suspect what part of the reason is that you guys have been so successful here is that the viewers have known the exterior of these, of these worlds, but you guys have been brilliant at showing the interior. As saturation increases, as, you know, volume moves upwards, the challenge for showrunners like you guys, it's got to get harder and harder. Is fatigue going to creep in in this space or do you feel like it's just blooming? Look, we're not, we're not in the business of making cookie cutter versions of shows. You know, this, you know, I think it may start on paper as the drive to survive version of something. But when we look at a sport, we very much look at it through a different lens because every sport's different. Whether you're in the world of surfing, whether you're in tennis, golf, Formula One or, or others, you know, every world's different. And what we try and do is capture the honesty of that, that thing. And, you know, in some sports, they're led by 
you know, they have teams in other sports, they sort of an individual and they have their sort of partners, friends and family following them. And I think, you know, as long as we make sure that, you know, we are capturing the the honest moment in those sports and actually the, the real characters, humour, emotion, then I, I don't think it will become fatigue. Every single world, every single sport's different. And uh, that's what's exciting for me and as a producer at Box to Box to give, be given the opportunity to tell these stories. Warren Smith, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Headlines. The Matildas have made it a clean sweep of the Cup of Nations with a 3-0 victory over Jamaica as they finish their tune-up for the Women's World Cup. And I feel like the women's round ball fans are saying a collective Lizzo voice okay. They scored 10 and conceded two across three fixtures, beating the Czechs, Spanish and Jamaicans. Lots to like. Goalkeeper Mackenzie Arnold was named player of the tournament. The 4-4-2 formation seemed rock solid. Tony Gustafsson remains handsome. Their next clash is against Euro champions England in London, that is what the sports hacks would call a litmus test. Cricket and the early departures from India continue. Ashton Agar has returned to Australia. He follows David Warner and Josh Hazelwood in concluding their respective tours early. While Warner and Hazelwood were ruled out from injury, Agar has been surpassed as a spin option by Matt Kuhneman. It's been a testing series for skipper Pat Cummins, and we spoke with Robert Crash Craddock about the lay of the cricketing land earlier in the week. It's worth a listen if you want to fully unpack the tours so far. That link is in the show notes. And Novak Djokovic has requested special permission to enter the USA to compete at events in Indian Wells and Miami in the next month. At present, you need to be vaccinated against the Rona to enter the States. Novak is not. Watch this space. I'm Patrick Stack, and this is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks for listening to us this week and every week. We're kind of blown away by the support we get from our audience and legit could not do this project without the sheer volume of people tuning in each week. So if you want to hear more from us, do us a solid. Leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to your pods. Thanks to Apple TV+, Plus, Channel 9 and Netflix for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.